So hello everyone and welcome to The Pondering Couch. Um, I must say this is definitely a very comfortable couch and it's what's the time at 7 o'clock. I'm feeling a bit sleepy already. We've got Deacon's meeting today but um, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah. We're just going to be doing some pondering on, on Acts chapter 8 verses 26 uh, to 40. It's a, I think it's probably one of those sermons that I feel like I was probably impacted the most just writing it and just the whole challenge about sermon, um, sorry, about welcome. Uh, I know we've been talking a lot about welcome and what that looks like. And I mean, most churches will say that they are welcoming church, but what does that look like practically? Um, and are there things that we need to learn um, about welcoming people, especially people who uh, in society may be very different to us? Um, uh, and again, I think I list some, some categories in, in the sermon yesterday. Uh, but it's very fascinating how Philip um, interacts with this Ethiopian eunuch. I know he's done a great job, in a sense, through the Holy Spirit in Samaria. He preached on that as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, loads of healings and something about um, Simon the Sorcerer as well, which was, which was quite interesting. Um, but then he had this opportunity to, to take things even further with this Ethiopian eunuch who was um, a Gentile. Um, someone who was quite interesting because he seems to be someone who was quite interested in the Jewish God. I mean, you mentioned that he um, he had a scroll, which would have been very expensive to have a scroll, it's not like how we have our lovely Bibles today. Um, but someone who was quite interested, but but just wasn't there yet. He still needed something, or someone, sorry, um, to, to teach him, someone to encourage him, someone to show him that what he's reading, um, explaining what he's reading, but also um, the gospel of Jesus is, for him as well yeah um, and I just feel like those steps can definitely be intertwined I think um, being able to share the gospel to all sorts of people and it's something that's been been really challenging especially with evangelism as well um, I, I remember uh, in my previous church uh, we had a, a huge Muslim community and we would go out and evangelize and we go out with some young people do street evangelism and you see um, uh, women and men uh, with like you know hijabs um, and clearly uh, Muslim, uh, no, no, none of the Christians want to go to them, no, no one wants to speak to them, it's like you're already set, you already know what you want to do, uh, but actually no, the gospel is for all peoples, for, for these people as well, so it's, I think there's so many things that we can kind of unpack um, just about welcome, but I think as a church, I think we need to begin to think about some practical ways that we can show people, especially people who are the margins, people who consider themselves as outsiders, people with different status, um, different skin colours, how we show that all people are welcome into God's kingdom, which means they're welcome into the local church. Yeah. So that's just me pondering. No, no, I, think, I think that's really good. I think part of the challenge of welcome is actually it's an individual task. Yeah. I, I don't think we could ever just go, right, this is what our welcome looks like. That's it. That's because it, yeah. we're dealing with lots of different people from yeah. different places and God working them in a different way. So yeah. I think when Philip went up against his carriage mm. and he's got this Ethiopian eunuch mm. who he, he would be like, well, that's that's very different from yeah. who I am. Yeah. And then he looks into the carriage mm. and the guy's reading scripture yeah. and he's like, well, clearly he's got a lot of money. Yeah. Most temples only have one bit of scripture yeah. and he's yeah. just took it out for a jolly. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's, he's listening mm. and it's, it's just really amazing Absolutely. that he's sort of connected through that. Yeah, it's almost like walking along, literally walking alongside him um, on his character and just helping him understand. And I think there will be people like that will come across people who, obviously, I think the Ethiopian was probably a bit further than some people we interact with. 
but people that we literally need to just walk alongside. People who are not Christians, of course, there's discipleship that we walk alongside people as Christians, but people who are not Christians and, and maybe consider themselves outsiders, there is something about walking them into, um, into faith or into an understanding of who Jesus is. And I think, I, I, think there, I, don't know, I don't know if you feel like this, I know you've done a lot of youth work, but I think there are certain people who I feel like, um, like non-Christians, who I feel like I can't bring to church just yet. It's almost like I need to take them through a, a few uh, detox or what you want to call a few different understandings um, or preparation before they can really um, feel connected into the, the church communities. Um, and I, I think I've felt that recently, especially some of the um, young guys I was working with in my previous church who were heavily involved in gang activity. Um, they would definitely come to church sneak, um, smelling of weed um, and language sometimes is interested in what they say so it's almost like but I feel like that's that's not a good thing I feel like they sh uh, when people come into church no matter what background they come from or or the challenging experiences that they face I think there should be a level of feeling comfortable um, within the church uh, so I think there's something I think it's just okay for all churches but I kind of need to think about especially with people um, yeah who we see as very different There's just loads going through my mind just about welcome and I think I'm quite excited for the journey the church is going and, and looking at what that means and, and I think there's been so much great compliments um, from people who have been in the church for a year and a bit um, just um, hearing people's experiences of church and hearing how Selzen has been a welcoming church for so many people I've heard that over and over again um, but yeah again I think it's just now taking it a step further and the whole aspect of God's kingdom when people are invited into his kingdom, people have access to him, uh, access to all of him. Um, and I, I really believe that that sense of being part of the kingdom and part of all of God's kingdom needs to fully be expressed um, in the local church in terms of people having an opportunity in leadership and speaking and being heard, being loved, being cared for, invited into people's homes, into people's personal life. Because we are, we're in this together. We yeah, are yeah. brothers, literally brothers and sisters in, in Christ. So. I've been, yeah, just to finish on, actually, like, the interaction here was he was baptised, yeah. and then he just went on, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. 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 And you were saying that there's evidence that there was a church near Fiesta, yeah. 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 and that's really good. And I think that's that's probably something that we're missing. Like, yeah. Part of our welcome is actually commissioning, like, yeah. welcome to the family, yeah. crack on, yeah. let's do something. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then amongst that, there's discipleship and stuff yeah, like that. Absolutely. But, but yeah, this Ethiopian eunuch wasn't just going to, you know, after being saved, relocate to Jerusalem, be with the church. No, he's got a life and a family, I'm sure. Um, not obviously, if he's castrated, he probably doesn't have a physical family. But he has, he has friends and, yeah, yeah. and people he connects with in his place that he can have an impact on. Um, so Philip doesn't need to necessarily go all the way there to, to impact them. But this one man, Ethiopian eunuch, he can go and speak to the people that he's connected with. Uh, and there's, yeah, loads of historical evidence um, that this man, he went, um, or the scripture says he was rejoicing, so I'm guessing he was rejoicing all the way to uh, to Ethiopia, wherever he, he lived, uh, and shared the gospel with them, shared what uh, his experience, um, which shows that, you know, um, the gospel came into Africa in the very first century, which yeah. is uh, really powerful. So, yeah. yeah. Right, I am pondered out. Pondered out. So much thing that can go on all day. <laughs> but thank you for joining us on the Pondering Couch, and, and watch out for next week. Um, as we continue